It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily with KingCasino.com. Pick up a royal ransom of 100% up to £150 plus 50 free spins on the description link. Over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. BeGambleAware.org Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Premier League podcast. I'm Ant McGinley and this is the place to come for all the gossip news and opinion when the season's on this is the place also for match previews reviews and all the latest on injuries and the fallout from the action Uh, throughout the season we are here every single day but uh, as we're in the uh, funny in between holiday period uh, we're just here a couple of times a week at the moment today on the show i'm joined by west brom fan lee whitehouse good morning guys how you doing and making up the trio is west ham fan jim salverson Hey, Ant, you're right. Uh, two Wests on the show. I can't remember the last time that's happened. Uh, today we're going to be uh, looking at the latest transfer gossip it is peak silly season. And also, have a think about this, guys. Uh, it's a week of exam results, so I'm going to be asking you later which Premier League stars failed to make the grade this season. But first of all, we're going to talk about Joe Hart. And I want to put something to you. So if you're not seen this, uh, Joe Hart uh, signed yesterday on a free transfer to Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, where it looks like he'll be going in to be, it's understudy the right word at this at his age, uh, to Hugo Lloris. Um, he's still only 33, so I'm asking a couple of questions. Is this the bargain of the transfer window so far? Uh, considering that he's only 33 uh, and the record that he's got, I, I'm curious as to why someone like Chelsea didn't move for him. After all, he did play and win silverware with uh, Frank Lampard, who loves an English player, and of course, uh, Joe is. And also, Joe is five years younger than current Chelsea number one, Willie Caballero. So, has Joe Hart still got it to hold the number one spot at a Premier League club? Let me counter your question with another question. My question is... Have you been drinking, Ant? <laughs> because that is one of the most ridiculous shouts I think I've ever heard. Um, I don't think he's even... No, he's not. I mean, he's a free transfer, but I don't think he's that much of a bargain. I think he's still a bit of a risk for Tottenham because he's a player who's got so much to prove at the moment. He 
has failed to impress at every single club he's been at since Manchester City. And his end at Manchester City was inauspicious as at best, but he went on loan to Torino and it didn't work out, went on loan to West Ham and it didn't work out. And then he went to Burnley and found himself as the third choice keeper there. So the idea that he could be number one for a Chelsea or even push Lloris at Spurs, I think is a little bit far-fetched. I don't really understand this one. And I think I, I like Joe Hart. I think he seems like a player who has his head screwed on. He seems very philosophical about how his career has panned out and he seems determined to get back up to that number one spot. But for Tottenham, I'm not sure it makes a great deal of sense in terms of they've got Lloris, they've got Gazaniga, who I think is a great keeper who probably doesn't get enough credit for being a great keeper. He did a good job as Loris's understudy last season when Loris got injured. So why is why is Joe Hart going there? Are they looking to move on one of those keepers, either Gazaniga or Loris? Because I think they are both better goalkeepers than Joe Hart. And why is Joe Hart going there? Because he isn't going to get that opportunity. I don't think he's going to be pushing for that number one spot. And whether he just believes he can do that and isn't going to get that opportunity or whether he is just there and he's happy to pick up what no doubt will be a large paycheck at White Hart Lane. I, I don't I, I don't get it. I, the, this transfer is not really making much sense to me. I mean, the thing is, when you, when you talk about, you know, he's not really proved himself. Just let me just go over his record for you, Jim, there. He's had 100 Premier League clean sheets and holds the joint record for the most Premier League Golden Glove Awards with four. 75 international caps, played at a World Cup, he's won every trophy in English football and he's given himself the experience and taken a risk and gone and played abroad. He's still only 33. So, uh, everybody has purple patches in their uh, careers. Everybody has times when it doesn't go so well. Uh, are we... It kind of feels like he was untouchable and then Pep Guardiola said, I don't want him. And then seemingly everything fell apart. Do you think it's... Do you think it's as something happened then or some, people got suspicious because Pep didn't want him? I don't know. And there were question marks over Joe Hart. I think he's often looked at through rose-tinted spectacles by a, to a certain extent by Manchester City fans because there were question marks over him when he was England's number one. There were question marks over him during his last couple of seasons at Manchester City. Despite the outcry when he was moved on, uh, he had a nickname Chocolate Wrists for a while. You're probably remember and I seem to remember him letting in a few goals in the World Cup for England that he should have done much better with so I don't think he's this great keeper necessarily even in his purple patches but the fact is those purple patches are a long time away now it was was it 2017 he left 2016 when Pep came 2016. in 2016 yeah so four years now he's been struggling for form I think would be fair to say I don't know what happened and I and you've you've kind of got a you look at the evidence and you go maybe it's something wrong in his head maybe that rejection by Manchester City that rejection by Guardiola one of the world's greatest coaches knocked his confidence and confidence is so important for goalkeepers so I don't know quite what's gone wrong but certainly yeah I, 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 I struggle to see how he will regain that form and how he will be considered one of the top keepers again. Lee, would you consider taking somebody like Joe Hart to West Brom? Would you Would you think he would do a job there? Uh, you know, I think, I mean, at the moment, uh, Sam Johnson's got a lot of uh, question marks around him at West Brom. And interesting, I was thinking when I saw 
that uh, Joe Hart had gone gone to Spurs. I thought, oh, that that could have been an option for us. I think, mm-hmm. but although I think the the problem is for Joe Hart, he's actually quite old for a goalkeeper now. I mean, I know we've got this thing where keepers seem to last forever, um, but if you look through the the keepers of last season, the, you know the ones who. You know, Allison's was twenty seven. Edison's twenty six. Pope was actually, I think, he was in the team of the year. Uh, he he's only twenty eight. Um, De Gea's twenty eight. You know, and then you've got the Jordan Pickford's wife's probably twenty three, twenty four, something like that. You know, a lot of these keepers now are a lot younger, and so these are these old guard. Um, you know, they kind of have to settle for number two in many ways. The other thing is, as we as we know, due to Allison and Edison that. The the role of the keeper is so much more now, you know. It it's you, you're almost playing mm. as an ex, an extra outfield player than you are a goalkeeper, and I don't. And the reason that, or the reason that there was noise around Joe Hart leaving um, City because Pep didn't favour him was because he's a kicking ability, and I haven't seen any evidence that his kicking ability has actually improved in the last four years since he's left City, and if and for someone like Chelsea, you you know they're looking at. Champions League next year. They're in. Well, they're in the Champions League next year. They're looking to stay within the top four. They need they, the way they're they're playing is more expansive. They need a keeper that's going to match that ability of Edison and Allison. And Joe Hart is is just not an option in that regard either. So I think with regards to Joe Hart, I think is he gonna is he ever gonna push Luis? No. He maybe he should have looked for like a West Brom really um, because or mm. or maybe at least I think they're in the they're in there looking for a goalkeeper as well. Maybe a team that's near the, you know, near the bottom of the league where he can try and have, have some influence around and get some confidence because he's not going to do anything sat on the Spurs bench, is he? Let's be honest. We've seen a lot of goalkeepers try and emulate the likes of Edison and also Alisson at Liverpool and fail. And a lot of teams have tried to copy that uh, ability to pass it around, pass it out from the back, and not being as successful. So, Jim, is is there a problem with just going back to that old style of goalkeeper? And and one of the other issues that was seemed to be a problem with Pep was Joe was a shouter. He was a bit of a a, a, a voice on the pitch, and it seemed if the rumours were to be true and some of the videos that we saw that Pep didn't want that. Yeah, I mean, he was a force in the dressing room. I think that was part of the question marks that were over Joe Hart and whether that kind of grated with Guardiola a little bit and created competition. In terms of the other question about whether you need this sweeper-keeper, this player who can distribute the ball from the back, it very much comes down to how you're playing football and you're a City fan. You would have seen so many times City use that option where they split their full-backs, the opposition press, and Edison can just then pop it over the top to the midfield, but it relies on that accurate passing. So if you want to play in that way, that kind of progressive style of football that is in vogue at the moment, yeah, you do need a keeper that can do that. So Chelsea will be looking at that and they won't be looking at players like Joe Hart. They'll be looking at Alisson. They'll be looking at Edison and they'll be going, well, who do we want? And they tried to do it with Kepa and it's not worked. So now they have to look at the next goalkeeper that can fulfil that role. And there aren't that many about, which is the big issue, which is why they have such high price tags and why someone like Jan Olblack, who is being linked with Chelsea at the moment, comes with a £120 million price tag because there are very few goalkeepers that can fill that role. As for the old style, the kind of physical force, the shot stopper, there's obviously still a place for them in football and not every team plays this expansive passing football. So yeah, there's plenty of places for them, but 
Chelsea isn't one of those clubs, I don't think. And yeah, I mean, least spot on, a club like West Brom, I feel, would have made perfect sense for Joe Hart. Somewhere where he can go, he can get the number one jersey back and he can be the first choice goalkeeper and regain that form a little bit. Perhaps the reason he didn't go to West Brom would be his salary demands and expectations. And so um, if that's the case, then even to go somewhere like Spurs who could afford him, it doesn't necessarily make sense to spend that much money on a player like Joe Hart. So, uh, Lee, do you see any benefits of having a player like Hart at the club just to warm the bench? No, if I'm honest, I don't. I think if he's... Maybe it is to do with his salary that he didn't look at uh, some of the teams uh, further down the um, down the league. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. But for me, he's kind. Of, he, he feels like a bit. The Jim said at the very start, it seems like a bit of a, a pointless transfer in many ways. And as he said, you know, Spurs have got a perfectly good number two already. So why would they look at um, Joe Hart unless? Um, the number two is already going to be. He's going to be going out somewhere else, and then it's something that we we're, we're unaware of at the moment. Uh, the other part is he, he may have thought though that you know because Joe Hart is vocal in the dressing room because he's passionate and you know there are a few England good English lads in that Spurs team. Maybe he feels that it's a good a, a good mix that he's got an English goalkeeper around them, um, but I don't think that really matters too much to, to Mourinho in, in all honesty so uh, yeah I, I, it just feels a bit of a weird weird transfer to me Jim are we looking at this all the wrong way maybe the signing of Joe Hart is not for his playing skills but maybe it's for commercial reasons now he's not the kind of player that is going to sell a lot of shirts necessarily but we do know he has <laughs> lovely hair so could this be a sign that Spurs are about to sign a new sponsorship deal with a shampoo provider Head and shoulders, new sponsor, new shirt sponsor for Spurs. I don't think Joe Hart's got that kind of status anymore. He's not kind of that big name commercial asset that he once would have been. I mean, we talk about the wages that he would have been commanding at Spurs, and I've no doubts that he'll be on a decent salary there. But I do, and we we also know that Spurs are under a bit of financial pressure at the moment. They applied for a massive loan from the Bank of England to keep the club healthy during COVID-19. They did want to furlough staff, but were embarrassed into backtracking on that. There's not a great deal of money available for transfers. So maybe they have had an offer for Gazaniga. Maybe they've had an offer for Loris that they want to take to boost the transfer coffers and potentially improve the squad elsewhere, which they do need to do given their performances last season. And Joe Hart is a option they can bring in on less wages than Gazaniga, I'd imagine. Probably, well, we know with no transfer fee as well. So maybe financially it's of benefit to Spurs and it does mean that Gazaniga is going to be moving on somewhere well with this career that we've seen since Man City we've seen that Hart has been willing to take moves that other players maybe wouldn't in order to get game time he, he went out to Italy which few players have done still uh, from an English point of view and then he was willing to even sit on the bench at, at places like Burnley um, so if he's prepared to do anything I mean what, what what's it going to take for for Joe Hart to command the number one spot, it, do we think that time has passed, and do we just think it's you know he fond memories of a great time, or 
is there still a possibility? Is it going to just take, like, you know, uh, Lloris to have a couple of bad games, an injury to Gazaniga, and then a couple of good performances in a cup match or something? Uh, Could we see that? Or even then, uh, when suspensions are over and people return to form and fitness, would you see Joe Hart dropping down? Is this the end for him, Lee? Uh, I don't think it's the end for him. Um, I just think it's just it just feels like a... A weird move. I, maybe he should have. I mean, look, we all know that the Premier League clubs have set themselves out. Their number one is their number one. You know, that's who they pick. And they, I mean, barring Chelsea last season where they really just gave up on Kepe, um, you kind of you don't really see the the Premier League teams faltering from that because they want to keep, stick with a solid uh, back four and keep it consistent. Where, maybe where he should have gone was the championship because there's a lot of poor and average goalkeepers down there, believe me. Um, and he would have, he would have commanded a, um, a first team place. If Joe, I mean, I suppose it all comes down to what Joe Hart really want. Does he want to play first team football or does he want to earn a decent salary sat on the bench? Is that where is he at in his career? Is he because he's because as you mentioned, he's already done all of these different things to try and get first team football and try and get himself back and done weird moves that maybe other other goalkeepers wouldn't have done. Because he's done that and it still hasn't worked out for him, has he just saw the opportunity to go and sit on Spurs' bench um, and, earn, and earn a decent salary? Maybe that's where he is in his career now. Maybe he think, well, you know, I've tried, it's not worked, let's just go and take the easy life and be number two, be number three, um, and yeah, and play, and play the odd cup game every now and again. And if that's what he wants to do, then fair play to him if that's... Um, where his career's landed, or I mean, it doesn't take away from his career. I think he's had a he's had a good career. I remember him when he was at Birmingham City all those years ago, and he was absolutely fantastic for them. I, you know, when I mean that was they were yeah. in the Premier League at the time, and he was absolutely brilliant. And that got him into the um, within the England fold, and that got 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 him within Man City. So let's not let's not take away from the career he's he's had. Uh, but I, you know, this is just. Maybe maybe this move has made it the end for him, but I don't think it could be the end for him. I think he could have easily gone on to be a a, goal, a number one somewhere else. Just it depends on where where he's at now in his head. I mean, we're writing him off, but at this time last season, there was a goalkeeper we all thought had you know his career was pretty much over, and a surprise move by Liverpool actually saw Adrian step in after uh, injuries and see him play a very important part in Liverpool's early season push to the Premier League title. Um, you know, any chance that uh, Joe Hart could be the factor that brings Spurs their first league title, Jim? <laughs> well, I, I don't get this fanboying over Joe Hart. <laughs> and he's not going to marry you, mate. <laughs> um, I, look, I think, I think we've, we've kind of... He, he might get an opportunity at Spurs. It relies on... Hugo Lloris getting injured, it relies on Gazaniga in uh, leaving the club, which are both very possible options. And then he has the opportunity to make that shirt his own. I still think if that scenario happened and Lloris came back fit, he'd reclaim that number one jersey, just as Alisson did at Liverpool when similar happened with Adrian stepping in. And, and that is just the life of a number two keeper. I mean, there's... Um, you look at goalkeepers around the world you look at someone like um, Mitaj Delek at Chelsea who is their longest or was their longest serving player I think he left last transfer window he'd been there like 9-10 years and he'd never made a single appearance for 
the first team. And it's just how it goes because it, there is only one position that you can play and you have to be patient and you have to play the understudy role. I think the frustrating thing for me is it still feels like Joe Hart does have something to offer. Like you say, he has proved himself to be a very capable goalkeeper, even if it's not in the upper echelons of quality in that category. He's not one of the world's best, but he is still a very decent goalkeeper. But what he needs at this stage in his career, it would seem, is a run in the first team and a little bit of confidence. And I don't see how he's going to get that on the bench at Spurs. And he'll no doubt be in a situation where he is called on at the last minute. Someone is injured. He does have to take the field and he isn't prepared for that because he's not had that run of games and no doubt the cycle begins again he makes a few mistakes and the confidence goes uh well i think that pretty much rounds that one up anyone that hasn't listened to the show by the way (laughs) i i am a man city fan so joe if you are listening i love you no matter what they say (laughs) Uh, so we're less than a month out to the start of the next season it's 12 days to the community shield and in a few moments we'll be back looking at the latest transfers on the football social daily Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Get ready to play with a 100% up to £150 plus 50 free spins over your first two deposits at kingcasino.com. Over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Premier League podcast. I'm Ant McGinley, joined by Lee Whitehouse and Jim Salverson today and we're in the midst of silly season this transfer window that really has only kind of got going at the time when it would have been shut last year we all know the reasons why for that it's going to be longer than usual there's going to be an extension just for the British clubs uh, there's been a couple of early moves by the likes of Man City uh, a couple of players have gone out which we knew that was going to happen but what we're going to look at now today is some of the gossip that's about because there's some silly stories out uh, so I asked Lee and Jim if they could pick out uh, some gossip that they saw and see if they could find one that they think is likely to happen and one that is just ridiculous. Uh, so I'll let you choose which ones to start with. Lee, would you like to take this one? Yeah, I, I saw one this morning which was saying that um, United have made the decision that Henderson's going to go back out on loan and they're going to stick with the hair. Fine, if that's what they're deciding to do. But then they, there was another article that said Romero's going to Chelsea, Leeds or Everton and that is a, a move that is likely to happen. I, I can't imagine for the life of me that they're going to let Henderson had a good season at, at Sheffield United last year go go out again and then get rid of their number two given De Gea's form of recent times. I just can't see how that is a possible move um, that's going to work for United at all, especially to Chelsea. Mm. Um, why would you give your number two to one of your main rivals in the in the top four? You just wouldn't. Especially, I mean, he, he he's actually a really good goalkeeper. Every time I've watched Romero, I've always been quite impressed with him and thought, you know, little Henderson's going to have a job on to get into the United number one shirt at this rate with this guy as number two. So I just can't see it. It just seemed like a stupid, stupid move to me uh, on all parts. If that's if that's in the offing at the moment, I have just paper talk or what. But yeah. Also, I mean, why would um, Everton want to get rid of Pickford? That was that was my other kind of thought. I can give you a load of reasons why Everton wants to get rid of <laughs> Pickford. Yeah, well, I know that uh, 
Pickford has, has raised a few questions uh, w- with the hierarchy at Everton, especially as they want to push towards being a top six. And there was quite a few errors last season from Pickford, which is always going to bring you under scrutiny as as a as a player. Now there used to be a thing, Jim, where you know it was it was a gr- t- almost taken for granted that if you were a, a top six side, you you would sell your players anywhere except to anybody else in the top six. Now mm. could they could they really sell? to Chelsea um, I don't think Romero is the goalkeeper that Chelsea are looking for but if I was Romero I think he's a player that is worthy of a number one jersey somewhere and I think Manchester United fans get a little bit overexcited as to exactly how good he is I don't think he is I mean there's claims all sorts that he's the Argentinian number one he isn't really the Argentinian number one I think he's played a few games in goal for Argentina and he's currently not got that shirt but he's he is a decent goalkeeper that probably deserves a little bit better than that substitute keeper role I think Manchester United are in a really tough position at the moment with Dean Henderson the ideal situation for them I think would have been that Dean Henderson spends another year on loan at Sheffield United but Sheffield United have gone out and bought Aaron Ramsdale from Bournemouth who no doubt will be their number one for the future so there probably isn't much point in him returning there but they have got a goalkeeper who is one of the hottest prospects in English football who they do need to give game time to and who won't be happy to be a number three goalkeeper so potentially if you have David De Gea as your number one if you're going to continue with that and you can offer Dean Henderson that number two spot so if De Gea has a blip in form or gets injured you can step into that role but you then say well you're going to be our Champions League goalkeeper you're going to be our FA Cup goalkeeper you're going to be our League Cup goalkeeper that could be enough to keep Dean Henderson happy at the club and continue his development potentially so that could be what they're thinking but I, I'm, I'm kind of with Lee a little bit I'm, I'm, I'm and they've got Lee Grant as well at Manchester United remember so he's kind of like I guess he'd be third choice goalkeeper at the moment. He's reaching the end of his career. He's 37 now, but he is an option for them, another goalkeeping option. But it doesn't make a lot of sense on the face of it that they would sell Romero to Chelsea or Everton for that matter. Any transfer gossip caught your eye, Jim, that you reckon is completely ridiculous or odds on to happen? Um, I'm going to go with my club, West Ham, because there's been a few rumours at the moment linking Felipe Anderson with a move back to Lazio. Uh, Apparently Lazio were after David Silva, then that hasn't panned out, so they're looking at Felipe Anderson instead, which doesn't make sense on the face of it because they're two very different players. Felipe Anderson and David Silva are are completely different types of footballer. And I also think it's a little bit of laziness in terms of linking a player with a return to his old club. So I think that one's probably pretty unlikely. I do think Felipe Anderson might be on his way out of West Ham. I've heard he's been earmarked by David Moyes as one of the players who can leave the club to raise transfer funds. But Felipe Anderson, for some inexplicable reason, fancies staying at West Ham and proving himself for another season. So there could be a little bit of an impasse there. So it'll be interesting to see where he does go. But the rumours linking in with Lazio are surfacing again. They, They resurfaced a month ago or so and they didn't go anywhere. So I think that one is either just paper talk or potentially an agent trying to drum up interest in his player. All right, let's move on to your uh, next transfer. Uh, one that you think is likely to happen, Lee? I think it's, 
this one is probably likely to happen, and I think it's a shame um, for English football, actually, is that Kante is likely to move from Chelsea on to Inter Milan. Inter Milan are very interested in him, and I think that's a move that will happen. Because, um, obviously, Frank Lampard, he wasn't playing him a lot um, last season, and I think, obviously, Kante's probably too good to warm the bench at Chelsea, if I'm honest. Uh, I think that's just a shame for English football for a guy. I mean, he when he was at Leicester, he was obviously... You know, he helped them win the league. He moved to Chelsea and helped them win the league. And I, you know, if this is a player who he's held in such high regard um, in the English game, so to lose him out of the Premier League, I think, will be just a big shame for English football as a whole. Um, and but, I mean, I know Inter. Are, I mean, they were so close this year to winning uh, Serie A, and obviously they're in mm. the um, they're in the Europa final, so they're probably in Europe, they'll probably be, well, they are in Champions League next year anyway. So it'd be a great move for them. But yeah, I just thought that one just caught my eye a little bit. It's a, it's a shame, and surely he's good enough to to get into a into one of the top six outside of Chelsea. Um, maybe not Liverpool or City, but definitely into you know United, Tottenham, Arsenal. Definitely one of those clubs. I'd have thought he could do a, definitely do a job. But yeah, I just thought that was it. Was a just one that um, I thought was a shame for the for the league, really. I think that does make sense, though, in terms of a transfer, because Chelsea do need to raise funds at the moment. They are one of the few teams that are being really active, and Havertz looks like he's coming in. Like we said earlier, yeah, they've been linked with Olback at Atletico, who won't be cheap, and they have a massive squad at Chelsea, and they need to offload. They still got Baka Yoko, uh, Danny Drinkwater, Zappa Costa, Kennedy. Van Ginkel are all still on the books <laughs> at Stamford Bridge and absolutely nowhere near the first team. So they've got this surplus supply of football players that they need to start offloading, particularly if they are going to bring in these big money transfers. And in terms of um, Conte as a player, they've got Jorginho who plays a very similar role. They're looking at yeah. Declan Rice. They want to bring him in and he'd be playing in a similar position as well. So yeah, I think Lee's right. It, that does make a lot of sense in terms of a transfer. Uh, in terms of Inter Milan as well, I think it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you've got a Premier League winner at the head, and he's basically assembled a team of ex-Premier League players there that are doing very, very well together. He seems to be definitely getting the best out of Lukaku. And um, also, I imagine it's a headline writer's dream, having Kante join up with Conte, except I'm not a headline writer, so I can't quite think of how to put that together. Uh, (laughs) Any other transfers that caught your eye that you want to pick out today? I think a likely transfer that um, makes a lot of sense to me is... David Brooks, who is one of the players that we were talking a couple of weeks ago about players from the relegated teams that we'd have an eye on if we were a football manager. And David Brooks was one of the players that popped up on my radar from Bournemouth. And he's being linked with a move to Manchester United by Sports Witness. Apparently Manchester United have all but given up on uh, Jadon Sancho and instead of looking at David Brooks. And I think likely is maybe a strong word, but I do think if I was Manchester United, I'd be looking at this transfer with interest because he isn't Sancho. He's not quite as far in his development as Jaden Sancho, but at the same time, he's not going to cost you the £120 million that Jaden Sancho's been had slapped on his head. Instead, he's probably looking at more like a transfer fee of £35 million. But I think he'd fit really well into Manchester United's lineup at the moment. He's flexible, he can play at number 10, he can play on the left side as well. Uh, scored seven goals last season, so contributes in terms of goals from midfield as well. And he's young, he's not English, but he's British, he's Welsh and hungry. And that, that kind of fits the DNA of the club that only 
Gunnar Solskjaer is trying to reintroduce at United at the moment. So maybe not Manchester United. Maybe that won't be the destination. But I do think there'll be a decent-sized club looking to pick up David Brooks from Bournemouth. Maybe a, maybe a, maybe a Spurs, maybe a Chelsea. I don't know. Uh, she's been linked with Sheffield United, but I, or with a move back to Sheffield United, I should say. But I kind of think he's got another level in him with no disrespect to Sheffield United at all. I think what I've seen of him, he certainly deserves to be playing his football in the Premier League anyway. Uh, speaking of Manchester United, my ridiculous story that I've seen um, is one just because this play just gets mentioned all the time, so it must seem the lazy thing to do when the editor says, we, we, we need a story for the back page. They go, what about Paul Pogba? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and so the story, this actually comes from Tuto Sport in Italy. Uh, Juventus may, and you know straight away when they use this, this word, Juventus may use, that means they're not going to do it, there's no evidence whatsoever, but they may use uh, Paolo Dybala as part of a swap deal when with Manchester United to bring Paul Pogba uh, back to the Serie A side. Now that, to me, suggests that Pogba only likes two kinds of shirt, either red or black and white. <laughs> and that, that just, Which is that why just Notts silly. County are interested. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's my ridiculous one. But I, t- I tell you what, one, one that I've seen a few things about, and I, I looked at it at first and went, nah. But I wonder if there's something in this. Uh, speaking of Juventus again, apparently Juventus have offered cash plus Aaron Ramsey in return for Royal Jimenez. Now, I don't, I don't know if Ramsey, Ramsey would be keen on, on coming back and maybe moving to Wolverhampton. Uh, I don't think Wolves are interested in him as a player. But when you look at how Juventus have, have operated in the past, they, 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 they will come back again and again. And Wolves have slapped a price tag of around £90 million on Jimenez, and Juventus would pay that. So could And especially when you look at the... The, the people he could be playing alongside, the fact the disappointment in missing out on Champions League and any European football for next season, he's been absolutely brilliant. We know they've already turned down a deal from Manchester United. Um, I, it would be a great loss to the Premier League, but I think given that he's 29, um, this could be the time for that move. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure, you know. I, those players at Wolves, I know that we... We we kind of disregard Wolves in many ways in terms of because of the size of the club and uh, they're not you know they're not part of the top six and this ability to hold on to players. But the noises coming out of Wolves is that the the players are so invested and so in, ingrained into getting this club into the Champions League. This was their big this this is the this isn't just a you know a a, a stopgap for these. I mean for some of them it will be a stepping stone to get onto. To the likes of Man City and such like, which they, a lot of them have been linked to Man City and United, but they're also very invested in this plan that they've got. It's a five-year plan. I think they're in, this is year four, um, and they're and they're all in it together. This this, this Portuguese contingent that they've got, um, they're all in it together. And I'll be surprised if Jimenez does actually leave Wolves. You know, I think they'll they'll feel that they've missed out. They've they've missed out this year. Yeah, they'll they'll feel a bit uh, disappointed with the way their season ended. But there's so many positives to come from this season from them. And my mate actually said it to me, I know a lot of friends who are Wolves fans, but he actually, he actually said to me the other day, he said, imagine Wolves having not had a European start back in July that they did have. Imagine not having to play for a full year. Imagine having no Thursday night football. Imagine what Wolves could do next season off the back of not having those midweek fixtures. And if these players put in the same kind of commitment and the same level of performances, you could see Wolves 
breaking into that top four next year. So I'm not convinced Jimenez is in he's in the mindset to move, if I'm honest. Like, yeah, I understand that he's 29 and he, this could be his last real big chance to get into a big club. But like I say, they're so invested in this project that they've got at Molyneux. I really don't see any of them leaving at the moment. I kind of agree with that. I think Jimenez, and I've gone on and on about how much I rate Jimenez as a player. I think he is the complete forward. But there is such a spirit, such a togetherness at Wolves that they do all seem in it for the project. And Wolves aren't a little club with no money as well. They've got big financial backing, Mm. so they can hold on to players. The piece of that puzzle that makes less sense for me is actually the Aaron Ramsey side of it, though, because... it. It was in February he signed a four-year deal on £400,000 a week. There is no club that is going to pay him £400,000 a week other than Juventus. So how he's going to fund or how any club's going to fund a move for him, no matter what the transfer fee or the swap fee involved is, I think, is a massive question mark. Because even if he's willing to take a pay cut, it would have to be a substantial pay cut for someone like Wolves not to absolutely smash their wage structure to bits. So where is Aaron Ramsey going to go? And he is supposedly surplus to requirements at Juventus, but like many players like Gareth Bale, for example, he's now in a situation where if he does want to move, he either has to decide whether he wants to take a massive wage cut or whether he wants to sit on the bench somewhere and pick up his wages. It's first-team football versus financial rumination, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I will say one thing. There'll be a lot of people in the celebrity world that are glad that Aaron Ramsey's not playing and sat on the bench. Uh, I don't know if you remember, every time he seemed to score, some celebrity would die. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's actually <laughs> actually a good thing in that sense. <laughs> so we're going to come back in a moment and we're going to talk about exam grades which premier league teams players and managers failed to make the grade but remember whichever premier league team you support uh, we do have a smart skill uh, if it's your go-to source for everything you need that's premier league for your club all you've got to do is go to your smart speaker and ask your device to enable sports social we'll be back in a moment football social daily with kingcasino.com Check out the link in the podcast description to get your welcome bonus. Over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. Be gambleaware.org. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, this is the Football Social Daily Premier League Edition. Uh, Jim Salveson, Lee Whitehouse in the house. Hello. 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 And uh, this week, you can't fail to have noticed the news, the controversy. Uh, maybe it's affected your families as well. Exam results for students, their grades... That their predictors were that the teachers predicted for them were downgraded by a computer algorithm that's caused all kinds of controversy. I just wondered now that all the football is over, which Premier League team, player, or manager did you predict to be top of the class at the start of the season, but have failed to make the grade? Uh, well, I was sticking with the goalkeeper theme. I, I think the biggest um, letdown I think, in terms for me for the player was uh, Kepe at Chelsea. Mm. I think the, with the price, with the price tag, they have the expectation who he's replacing. I think you know there was a huge, you know, thought that he would come in, he would be as good as Allison, um, as good as Edison. He would, you know, he would really take Chelsea forward. And obviously, as we mentioned already in the show, earlier on in the show, it's, he's just not worked out for him. I understand there's the concerns around his size and there was a lot of comparisons to De Gea um, that when De Gea first came in, he struggled with the size. Although I'm not really buying into that too much because I don't think the, the clubs 
who are in the Premier League and especially in the last season have really focused as much on corners and you know really hammering the keeper as much as they did there you know you didn't have the likes of your Stokes and your your West Brom when they were under Pulis who you know just used to bombard the keeper I don't you know I think on average you, I think Chelsea have only conceded three three and a half corners a game on average, across the season. So there's not, there's not enough there for him to be purely on his size. He's just not being good enough, unfortunately. Um, so for me, he's the he's the biggest flop as a player uh, for this season. As a West Ham fan, I have a feeling I know who James, Jim's, <laughs> James, who Jim is going <laughs> to nominate for this. No, you're wrong. Really? Were you, were you guessing Roberto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I, I had so lo- such low expectations for Roberto. Anyway, I think it's difficult. I mean, he was a, he was a D student who got downgraded to a D minus, so there was no big surprise there. I've got two actually. Um, honorable mention for me goes to Ryan Fraser, who had a brilliant season 2018 2019. He was linked with Arsenal. He was linked with Manchester United after scoring seven goals and 14 assists. And then this season just gone massively off the pace and ultimately was a big part of the reason that Bournemouth went down. Just four assists and one goal this term and he didn't play that many fewer games as well. So there was something wrong with Ryan Fraser this year. I think part of it was in his head and running down the final year of his contract. Eyes probably on a move elsewhere he's now a free agent and whereas he could have been going to a United and Arsenal a top four club I think there's going to be a a lot smaller clubs looking at him as a potential and even then it's not a slam dunk that he's going to be successful so he's been a massive disappointment this year but ready yourself for this Ants because I think that if most City fans were being realistic right now if they were being 100% genuinely honest they'd say one of the biggest disappointments this season and potentially, over the last four years, has been Pep Guardiola. Let me quantify this slightly. I'm a big fan of Pep Guardiola, and I think the football he has played at Manchester City has been nothing short of absolutely stunning. But I think now, you look back at what he's done at that football club, and three League Cups two Premier League titles, an FA Cup. He broke the 100-point record. And it's insane to say with that that he has been a disappointment. But I don't think he's done what most people thought he would do. He's not done what I thought he would do, which was absolutely blow everybody away in the league. And importantly, it's been evident this season, he's failed in the Champions League. He's fallen short of winning the trophy that was the reason he was brought into the club. And it is an incredibly difficult competition to win. And it's not it's not easy. It's, it's, it's prevented many managers from reaching their full potential. But as far as Pep Guardiola is concerned, he has been given all the tools that he needed to do to win the Champions League. That was the expectation. And he has failed to do it. So I compared, I said like, Roberto was a D student who'd been given a D minus. I think... Pep Guardiola was a student that was predicted to be getting an A+, an A-star or whatever it is, and he's probably got a B-. So he's not been terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but he hasn't reached expectations. And I think a lot of City fans are disappointed, even if they don't say it. 
Wow. Okay, so <laughs> as, we reach, as we're reaching the end of the show, I'm going to... City fans already hate us, by the way, because of our, yeah. the way we deal with FFP and, and some of the comments we've had on FFP, which I think is unreasonable because we try and cover all angles, but I don't think I've done us any favours there. As, we, no. as, we're, as we're reaching the end of the show, I'm going to respond to you with a question that you asked me at the beginning, which is, have you been drinking? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you're a City fan. What were your expectations when Pep Guardiola came into the club four years ago? Would you have expected to have won the Champions League by now? <laughs> I'd really like to meet that uh, that, that young lad who, uh, w- when Sheikh Mansour came in, went out and got a tattoo on his leg with the date <laughs> saying Man City uh, Champions League champions and he's, he's had to have it changed every single year bless him <laughs> uh, but, but that, 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 that's probably keeping that, that tattoo parlour in business uh, him coming back um, yeah I mean the thing is look, the, there's no guarantees in football let's be honest we know that yeah, and 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 if there was, we would all be loaded because we would have, you know, the bets that we've put on would have come off. There are absolutely no guarantees, and you know, you're right. This is a disappointing season, and the most disappointing thing for me was how we went out of the Champions League. That that performance on Saturday night was limp, um, mm. and. I, I, I don't know why that was, but you know what? It's it's not my job to, to do that. That's Pep Guardiola's job, and that's the people at City and the people that are paid a lot of money to figure that out. However, I I, I still... Some of my favourite experiences in football have come in the last few years under Pep. And, and, and that's even including things like that glorious Aguero moment with Mancini when we won. Just the, the football that we've played, the level that we've taken it to, and... I. It's hard. It's hard to play that well and to not come away with all that glory. But at the same time, I've been a City fan since 1990. And so I've had many years in the wilderness. And so I still, although people will dismiss it, I still am grateful for the silverware that we got this season. Um, I mean, I, I, when was the last time that that your team won a trophy, Lee? I'm not particularly having to go at West Brom, but, but no, no, totally. Yeah, totally. but uh, I'm sure that you would, if you finished the season with with the Carabao Cup, you would be great season. Love it. Um, I think, but that's ter- not the point, Ant. I mean, if you spend your entire life yeah. eating a sandwich from Tesco, <laughs> and then suddenly you go out for a fancy meal <laughs> and you spend 120 quid on a harvester salad cart, I mean, uh, you're still paying too much for that harvester salad uh, cart. It doesn't make it a steak yeah. at the Goucher Club or whatever yeah. it is. I, I totally understand where Jim's coming from with this. Actually, I I, I don't agree with him, but I do understand <laughs> it. I think I th- the only reason I don't agree with it is because I think Pep Guardiola has forced this Liverpool team to be what they are. Now, I actually think Liverpool have been the biggest uh, flops towards the end of the season, just due to the fact they only won one trophy when they could have, they were in for four and they just let it all fall away. Um, but with regards to Pep, I thought he was, he's the reason that the that the levels have gone up yes. so much. Yes. You know, and I think that's what you've got to remember with it. The level wasn't, it wasn't at that level um before he came, you know, he's took it to a whole different stratosphere in terms of what you need to be able to do to win the league. Um, to the point that Liverpool got 97 points the one day and still didn't win the league. You know, that's how that's how much he's pushed up a gear. I do understand where Jim's coming from in that this season, you know, you are quite far away from Liverpool and you haven't won the Champions League. But then the Champions League is such a difficult thing to win. He hasn't won the Champions League since Barcelona. So, um, you know, he didn't win it at Bayern and he... You know, everyone was all the plaudits for out when he was there. 
you know, there is question marks about it, but you know, because of what he's done to the Premier League and how he's just made it that extra, you know, that extra high level of you know consistency and ability and everything he's brought to the table, I, I don't think he's been such the flop. And to win a trophy every year is pretty, it's pretty damn impressive. Uh, for me, um, just going back to the the grading comparison, you you said Pep Guardiola predicted an A star, uh, came out with a B minus. I'm pretty sure any university worth their salt would still accept him as a student, and that's the <laughs> end of that. Instantly, I should probably like get City fans back on side a little bit by saying I think next season Manchester City have the potential to steamroll everybody and everything in front of them. I think they've got the motivation. Pep Guardiola's being given the backing after the Cass case. And if they get the transfer window right, which they don't always do, I think Manchester City have struggled to replace key players in the past before in the likes of Fernandinho and company and even Torre to a lesser extent. They've got to do that again. They've got to do it with David Silva. They've got to do it with Sergio Aguero with one eye on the future as well. Uh, So they need to get those transfers right. But if they do get those transfers right, I think... Guardiola now has a point to prove. I think that a majority of that squad have a point to prove. And I think next season could be Pep's greatest at Manchester City. But they need to get a fair bit right in the next three, four weeks for that to happen. In other words, please don't say nasty things about Jim on Twitter. I'm going (laughs) to... Come at me. Come at me. (laughs) I'm going to deflect with two failures uh, before we end the show. And I think everyone will agree with these so much that uh, uh, everyone will forget about everything that Jim just said. Um, so I'm going to talk about a club record transfer fee uh, who failed completely. Can anybody guess who I'm talking about? Joe Linton. Yeah, but got it in one. Yes, uh, over 40 million, smashing the club record of uh, Newcastle United. 32 starts, giving a return of how many goals? Was it four in the end? Just twice in the Premier League. Two in the Premier twice. League. Twice, so dear. I think he got a couple of cup goals, didn't he? Didn't he score in yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, against, like, Bolton Reserve's <laughs> youth team. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. That's... Uh, how did he say... 40 million doesn't, doesn't buy you a lot, though, these days, does he? 40 and, million. You won't even get Jack Grealish for 40 yeah. million. So. And, and the thing is, it's not that bad because... Well, it is bad for Newcastle fans because, actually, when you average that out across the length of his contract, it works out quite cheap. And, sadly, his contract is for six years. Um, so but, we'll let's s- not, but I think we have to temper that slightly by saying that Joe Linton was not the right player to play in the position that Newcastle have played him in. He's a big player and so for some reason there was this assumption he would be this focal point of Newcastle's attack and be this target man and he's never been that type of player in his career he's never been a prolific goal scorer but for some reason that's what was expected of him when he signed for Newcastle so yeah I guess the expectations were high on him but at the same time more full full Newcastle for signing a player to do something that he was never going to do The other disappointment I'm going to go to and I challenge you to find a single person in this entire land that would disagree with me uh the biggest failure of this season is the failure of premier league referees to go to their pitch side monitors and just check <laughs> var <laughs> var is the biggest flop yeah yeah totally 
I've got no question, no, no qualms with that. VAR, I feel it should it it should have been a positive, and it's just turned into a disaster. The whole the whole thing is just mm. turned into a disaster. I don't know whether they're even allowed to check their pitch side monitors or not at the moment, and I don't um, know if they were allowed to check their pitch side monitors. That would necessarily solve the, all the issues with VAR. I think there is something fundamentally broken with video refereeing and the way it's been introduced in the Premier League that needs to be addressed as soon as possible because it just isn't working at the moment. And we've been through, we've been over this time and time again, but it needs to be used on decisions that are black and white, that there is a definitive answer on and it's not being used for those at the moment. And you're right, that's where the pitch side monitors do come in. It's when the referee has to make a decision and it's solely his decision on something like a penalty incident where you need to judge whether a player's got the ball or not, that would make sense where it becomes a a tool to assist the referee rather than something for the referee to defer to. But the whole mess of VAR, it needs clarity, it needs a rethink. And yeah, yeah, let's give it, what, you, ungraded, send it back to do its (laughs) A-levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think especially when at the start of this season we had such high hopes for it as well. Finally, it was going to solve all those problems, solve those injustices, um, and then of course we you know we're not forgetting the the, the tragedy of the fact that uh, in the midst of all this, the goal line technology decided to go hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I think out of all those things that we've mentioned, uh, I think we'd all be in agreement that that's been the most disappointing thing this season. Yes. After Pep Guardiola. (laughs) I knew I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you kids. Uh, That's it for today. Thank you very much to Jim Salverson. Thanks. Uh, And uh, if you want to troll him online, at Mr. Jim Bob. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much to uh, Lee Whitehouse. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Uh, I've been at McGinley. And remember, if you want to keep in touch with the latest news on your team or catch up on the latest transfer gossip then head to sport-social.co.uk you'll also find all the details there on how you can listen to daily news bulletins on every Premier League team on your Google or Amazon smart speaker Football Social Daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.